Somebody ought to give him great praise this morning. My God, I feel him in this building right now. I feel him moving across this sanctuary right now. Hey! Hey! He's a great God. He's a great God. He's a great God. Come on, if you believe he is, put your hands together one more time and praise him. Woo! My God, there's a lot of Holy Ghost in this building this morning. Woo! Anybody grateful to be in the house of the Lord on Sunday morning? Why don't you high five three or four people around you? Tell them how good it is to see them in the house of the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. My, 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 my. Clap your hands one more time and give God some great praise. Amen. You can be seated for just a brief moment. I want to take a quick opportunity to again say what a privilege and an honor it is to have all of our guests that are in the house of the Lord with us this morning. Would you help me put your hands together one more time, church? Come on, we could do just a little bit better than that. Help me welcome all of our guests. I see guests all across the building this morning. It is so wonderful to have you in the house of God with us today. If you are here for the very first time, you should have received a small VIP uh, invitation. And if you're here for the first time and, you've and you did not receive one, if you would just raise your hands really quick. I see a hand back here. We'll get one of those to you as quick as we can. And that little VIP invitation card is our invitation to you. Immediately following the service, we have a room prepared in the back with some light refreshments. We have a gift we'd love to give you. Uh, just a token of our appreciation for you being in the service today. And so immediately following the service, if you will take that card and just walk out into the lobby, you're going to see a red carpet. And if you'll go to that red carpet, somebody will escort you right into that room. We look forward to getting to meet you. And we are so grateful that you joined us today in the house of God. Amen. Amen. And uh, so good to see all of the saints of the Most High God in the house of the Lord today. What a privilege it is to come together in the beauty of his presence. Amen. And uh, I'm just telling you, there's a whole lot of anointing in this place today. And, uh, man, I see a bunch of the saints in the, in the balcony this morning. So good to see all of you in the house of the Lord. And... Uh, God has been doing some great things this week, and uh, I am excited. They were sending me pictures this week. Our women's uh, Bible study was packed out this week. Yeah. Our men's Bible study was packed out this week. Search for Truth Bible study was packed out this week. Man, they've got a great crowd at, at Financial Peace University going on. They sent me pictures of our youth service packed out on Friday night. Thursday night after prayer, we baptized three young ladies in Jesus' name for the remission of their sins. Hey, I'm just telling y'all something. God is doing miraculous things. God is doing amazing things. And uh, then they sent me pictures of our incredible uh, evangelism team out on Saturday knocking doors and praying for people and God doing Holy Ghost things out in the streets and uh, my, 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 I'm just so excited to be in the midst of it all and uh, we had a great time here yesterday evening with our 4th of July celebration. How many of you had a chance to come out and enjoy yourself yesterday evening? And I want to say a great big thank you to uh, Pastor and Sisters for Laza for all of their help in heading this up. 
and uh, all of the all of the teams that were involved, first lady and events planning joined together with them and uh, did such an outstanding job. And to all of those who uh, were a part of setting up and uh, serving and hosting and then cleaning up afterward, it was the biggest and best 4th of July celebration we have had so far. It was awesome. It was awesome, and the food was incredible. And, uh, man, I looked out there, and everybody spread out watching all of the fireworks. And when it was time to clean up, everybody was done in like 10 minutes because teamwork makes the dream work. And uh, we had a great time, and uh, thank God for each and every one of you. And I am so thankful for the presence of God that we feel with us in this house today. How many of you believe God's doing something great in this building? Listen, you don't want to miss service tonight. It's going to be incredible. We are going to be graduating 13 graduates from Abundant Living class tonight. How many of you thank God for that? And then I'm going to do something I, I rarely do. I'm going to tell you all tonight's sermon title. And I'm just telling you, you don't want to miss it. And there's a special surprise that I'm not going to tell you. You just have to make sure you're here. But tonight's sermon title is going to be, I'm an apostolic. I'm an apostolic. And I'm just telling you, you make sure you get here tonight. It's going to be amazing. And, uh, but I feel God doing something in this place this morning. Let's stand to our feet. Go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. And I want to read just one verse of Scripture this morning. <clears throat> verse number 13 says... For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. Or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. Now I want to read that same verse in the New Living Translation. It says, if it seems we are crazy... It is to bring glory to God. And if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. And I just feel like preaching this morning, call me crazy. Call. You can call me late for dinner. Uh, you can call me whatever you want to call me. Uh, but call me uh, crazy. I feel like preaching in this place. Uh, I wonder if I got any preaching saints uh, in the house of the Lord this morning. Tell your neighbor, call me crazy. No, no, no. Tell the other neighbor, the one that's not trying to look cute. Tell him, call me crazy. Call, you see that look in my eye? Uh, I'm just a little bit crazy. You, you see that look in my eye this morning? I'm just, you might want to give me a little room. Uh, this, don't get too close to me this morning. Uh, I'm a little bit crazy. Uh, don't, don't, don't sit too close to me. Uh, whatever you do, don't block me into my pew. Because uh, I'm going to need an exit in just a few uh, moments. I'm a little bit, uh, I wish I had a crazy church this morning uh, that would just give God a crazy praise. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm not waiting. I know I'm supposed to wait uh, till the altar call, but I'm crazy. Uh, I know I'm in my Sunday best, uh, and I'm supposed to look good, uh, but I'm crazy. I know I'm supposed to be dignified, and, but I'm just a little bit crazy. Come on, I need some crazy people uh, to go ahead and give God a praise. 
I know it's Sunday morning. Uh, we're supposed to relax uh, and lay back, uh, but I feel like the Holy Ghost uh, is about to turn uh, something loose uh, in this sanctuary this morning. Uh, hey! Uh, hey! Uh, Come on, if you were wondering, let me just confirm that I'm crazy. Let me just erase all doubt. I'm certified. Come on, some of y'all trying to be cute. You don't want anybody to call you crazy. But baby, you ought to throw your hands in the air and let the world know I'm crazy. My God, you can be seated for just a moment if you can. You don't have to. If you want to keep running the aisles and dancing, go ahead. Paul, who was the writer of the Corinthian letters, puts into perspective this important biblical paradox of wisdom that exists in the kingdom of of God. Now I feel uh, like I'm not just preaching to this church this morning. Uh, I feel like God woke me up with a mandate uh, to preach uh, to the nations this morning, uh, to preach to the world this morning. Uh, there are some biblical principles uh, that are important for us to understand um, concerning wisdom. First um, Corinthians chapter number one, uh, verse number 18, Paul said, uh, For the preaching of the cross uh, is to them that perish um, foolishness. Somebody shout foolishness. But unto us uh, which are saved, uh, it is uh, the power uh, of God. Uh, you got to just get comfortable with the idea uh, that there are some things uh, that the world calls foolish uh, that God said uh, are the very power uh, of my kingdom. Uh, you've got to just settle it in your mind uh, that there will never be a reconciliation uh, of the opinions of the world uh, and the demonstration uh, of the power uh, of God. Uh, to them that perish, uh, the cross is foolishness, uh, but we understand uh, that it is uh, the power uh, of God. Am I in the right place this morning? I've got to be willing for the world to look at us and say that's foolish and not be swayed in my faith and not be changed in my convictions and not be moved in my resolve. Uh, you might think it's foolish, uh, but the mind of the world, uh, the carnal mind is the enemy of God. Uh, it is not subject to the law of God uh, and neither indeed uh, can be. He goes on to say, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Do you see God's disposition towards the wisdom of this world? He said, I'll bring down the bastions of the wisdom of this world. Uh, I will make low uh, those that feel like they project uh, the truest definitions uh, of prudency. Uh, he said, where uh, is the wise? Uh, and where is the scribe? Uh, where is the disputer uh, of this world? Uh, hath not God uh, made foolish uh, the wisdom uh, of this world? Uh, I feel like preaching the word of the Lord this morning. That the wisdom of the world is to God foolishness. 
I wish somebody would pick up a sword in this bit. That's it, Brother John, pick up your sword. I said the wisdom of this world is foolishness unto God. I'm going to tell somebody right now, you've got the greatest reference of wisdom in the universe sitting right next to you this morning. And there is nothing that the world has that compares to the wisdom of God. There's no research that a scientist can do that compares to the wisdom of God. There is no sayings. There is no intellectualism that compares to the wisdom of God. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. And so it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Listen to verse 22. He said, for the Jews require a sign. And the Greeks seek after wisdom. In reference to a worldly perspective, the world says, show me the evidence. Give us a sign. And the Greek seeks after wisdom. Oh, but the word of the Lord said, uh, he said, where is the wise? My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. And unto the Jews, it's a stumbling block. They can't quite understand it. They can't quite wrap their minds. It defies their logic. It defies their wisdom. It defies their history. It defies the limitation of worldly wisdom. Under the Jews, it's a stumbling block. And under the Greeks, it is foolishness. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks... Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. I wish I had a church in this building right now. My my answer is not in the doctors. My answer is not in the history books. My answer is not in an attorney that studies laws that were written by men. My answer is not in the ancient philosophers, Aristotle and Sadius and all of the learned men. My answer and my wisdom is in the power of God and in the wisdom of God because verse 25 said the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men even the simplest revelations of the kingdom of God are greater than the greatest understanding of of our world. Even the simplest revelation of God is greater than men. Even the weakness of God is stronger than man's best efforts. That's why I don't build my life on the wisdom of this world. That's why I'm not taking cues uh, from the wisdom uh, of this world. I'm taking my cues uh, from the wisdom of God, uh, from the word of the Lord, uh, from the revelation of the spirit uh, of God. He goes on to say, for ye see your calling, brethren, 
how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty and not many noble are called. He said there are people who have given themselves to the wisdom of the flesh. They're wise after the flesh. There is a difference between being wise after the flesh and being wise with the wisdom of God. There are those that are wise after the flesh, that are mighty, that are noble, but there's not very many of them that are called because they have given themselves to some level of the world's wisdom and understanding. But verse 27 says, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world uh, to confound uh, the things uh, that are uh, mighty. You're not going to find God's wisdom on CNN. You're not going to find God's wisdom on Fox News. You're not going to find God's wisdom on MSNBC or ABC or CBS or the Discovery Channel. You're not going to find the wisdom of God in a lecture from a professor. You're going to find the wisdom from God in his word. And in a prayer meeting, oh, the wisdom of God hath made foolish the wisdom of the world. And so, as a church, we have got to quit making it our mission to reconcile somehow the church with the wisdom of the world. The two will never agree. The two will never harmonize. The two will never be uh, on the same page. Uh, oh, the world uh, is the enemy of God. Uh, the world uh, is the enemy of the church. Uh, but bless God, uh, I've read the end uh, of the book. Uh, and there's coming a day uh, that the kingdom of God uh, will be established uh, in the earth. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, but I'm not building my life uh, on sinking sand. Uh, I'm not building my life uh, on a faulty foundation. Uh, I'm building my life uh, on the wisdom uh, of God. There is an element of living for God that at times requires us to lay aside human reasoning and understanding in order to experience the supernatural wonders of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God often rides on the edge of what seems ridiculous and unexplainable and in fact crazy. And Fort Myers doesn't need an average church. Fort Myers uh, doesn't need another church uh, that's conforming uh, to the wisdom of the world. Uh, Fort Myers, my God, I feel uh, like I'm stepping uh, on territory uh, this morning. Uh, Fort Myers uh, doesn't need uh, another church uh, that is operating uh, under the auspices uh, of the world's thoughts uh, and the world's wisdom. Uh, this world needs uh, a church uh, that is moving in the wisdom of God. Uh, this city needs uh, a church uh, that is moving uh, under the unction of the Holy Ghost. This city needs a church that is moving according to the mission and the plan of Almighty God. There has never, you hear me, there has never 
been a day and an age in which anybody in this building has lived in where this world has been more confused and upside down and full of trouble as it is right this very moment. And the last thing this world needs is for the church to be wrapped up in the same confusion, wrapped up in the same dilemmas, and caught up in the same ideologies as this world. What this world needs is a light in the darkness of people that know who they are. They that know their God shall be strong and shall do exploits. God needs a church that knows who we are. We know what our mission is and we're not afraid of the darkness and we're not afraid of being called crazy. We're not afraid of being looked at like we're weird. Hear me somebody. This world needs a church that will stand up and say I'm crazy but our God is bigger. Our God is greater. Our God is Your job doesn't need another employee who's depressed and confused and doesn't know what to do. They need an employee who will be a light in the darkness that'll look at them and say, I know the answer. I've got the answer. I know what we're supposed to do. I've got the truth. I've got the word of God. Your community doesn't need another member who's just flowing down the river of complacency and compliance with the rest of the world's mindset. They need an apostolic who will stand up and say, thus saith the word of the Lord. Let me turn the light on for you. Let me show you what his word says. Let me testify about what God can do. Let me, my God, have mercy. Brother Daniel, they're just waiting for you to open up your Bible and say, let me testify what God can do. Let me tell you what he did for my family. Let me tell you, hear me, somebody, Oh, world needs a church that understands that the wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. Everywhere I'm going in our community, having conversations with people. Oh, you go to church. Oh, you're a pastor. They want to know what's going on with the church. And if you're tuning in from somewhere else, I'm preaching to this church right now. Pause. I'm preaching to this church. They say, so you guys back open? I just tell them very kindly, we've never closed. I'm not being caustic. I'm just telling you what our world is saying. When I tell them that, they say, oh, thank God. I can't believe it. Everywhere I look around, we need the church more than ever. And the doors are closed. And there's nowhere to go. And I can't get to church. And I can't have somebody pray. Come on, somebody. They don't need another church that's lackadaisical, that doesn't know who we are. And it doesn't start with the preacher in the pulpit. It starts with you. Uh, knowing who you are, uh, knowing how God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Uh, I refuse to operate uh, under the auspices uh, of worldly wisdom. It's all right. I refuse. God help me stay focused. They need a church that has a revelation of who they are. 
Paul said in 1 Corinthians, and my speech, listen to me, and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. I'm not going to get behind this pulpit uh, and regurgitate uh, the wisdom of the world. Uh, I'm not going to get behind a pulpit uh, and just spit back up uh, the ideologies uh, of this world. Uh, he said, but my preaching uh, was in demonstration uh, of the spirit uh, and uh, of uh, power, not weakness, not timidity, not hiding, not worry, not doubt, not fear. Preacher, get up and preach with power. Man of God, get up and preach with anointing. Man of God, get up and preach with Holy Ghost fire. Don't try to use the wisdom of the world, not enticing words, but in demonstration of power. Call me crazy. Call me a crazy preacher. Go ahead. I'm not doing this for a reputation. I laid my reputation at the foot of the cross. I'm not doing this to be popular. I'm doing this because I've got a God that's trying to reach a lost world. And what they need is truth and wisdom from above. Listen to what he says. My preaching is not with enticing words of man's wisdom. It's in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Why? That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. Paul said, I've got to preach with power until you quit standing on the wisdom of men. I'm going to preach till I got a devil uh, backed up all the way out of this sanctuary. Uh, I've got to preach uh, under the unction of God's anointing uh, until your faith uh, is no longer standing uh, on the wisdom uh, of man, uh, but that your faith uh, begins to stand uh, in the power uh, of God. God, that's where my faith stands, on the power of God. That's where my faith, the Bible said not to lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Y'all still having church? Call me crazy. My God, I'm going to get myself in trouble. It is, it is our recommendation that houses of worship do not sing. Call me crazy. All I'm going to do is turn the volume up. Call me crazy. I'm not standing in the wisdom of men. I'm not standing on the wisdom of men. I'm standing on the power of God. Shout unto God. Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Sing unto the Lord a new song. That's my worship. That's part of the wisdom of the kingdom. That's my devotion to God. <laughs> Not just our preaching, but our worship should be in demonstration of the power of God. Our prayer meetings ought to be in power and demonstration 
Sister Tabitha, prayer has a voice. Prayer has a sound. I'm intentional when I come into the house of God. I open my mouth and I let sound fill the air. Why? Because I'm taking dominion and I'm taking authority. And the Bible said the effectual, fervent prayer, the energetic, energetic prayer of a righteous man. No wonder the devil wants to shut our mouths. No wonder the enemy wants to close up your mouth because there is a power that is released when we open up our mouth. So not just does the preacher get up and scream, there's got to be a church that operates in demonstration of the power of God. Your amen should be just as fervent as the word that comes across the pulpit. Your amen ought to be as radical as the preaching of the word. Your song you sing ought to be in demonstration. Brother Leal, our evangelism has to be in demonstration of the power of God. I saw Sister Mandy posted something. I like what she said. She said, when you come across somebody that asks you to pray for them, pray for them right then. Don't tell them I'll be praying for you later. Uh, open up your mouth uh, and take dominion. Uh, right then and right, what are you doing? Uh, you're walking in demonstration uh, and in power uh, of the Holy Ghost. I don't know how many people that we have prayed through right on their porch. A couple of weeks ago, a man received the Holy Ghost at his house, and we baptized him in his bathtub. I kind of like that sometimes uh, because we're letting every devil in hell uh, that used to reside in that house know uh, this doesn't belong to you anymore. Uh, this isn't your territory anymore. Uh, this isn't your habitation uh, any longer. Uh, the blood of Jesus uh, is upon this house. Uh, the blood uh, of Jesus. Come on, God needs a church uh, that's taking territory. Uh, we're not retreating. Uh, we're going forward. Uh, we're not getting smaller. We're getting bigger. We're not backing up. We're stepping forward. Call us crazy, but we're going forward in Jesus' name. Call us. I just need about 200 crazy people in the building to open your mouth and let hell know we're moving forward. Come on, I need some crazy people uh, that'll get up off the ground uh, and back a devil into a corner. You're not intimidating me anymore, devil. Uh, you're not intimidating me anymore. Uh, I'm a child of God. Uh, I know who I am. Uh, I know what I believe. Uh, I know what the Word says. kingdom of God is a culture of faith. I said it's a culture of faith. And faith is the substance of things and the evidence of things. Substance, evidence. Faith is tangible. Faith can be seen in our actions. God have mercy. Don't tell me you have faith and then disassociate your actions from your faith. Faith has substance. Faith has evidence. The Bible said when the men brought their friend through the roof of the house where Jesus was, it said when he saw their faith. My God, look at their faith. Faith will make you move. Faith will make you change your behavior. Faith will make you stand up 
against pressure. Faith will cause you to walk against the wisdom and the prudence of the world. Faith stands on the promise. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. Call In Acts chapter 4 and verse 13, the distinction of Peter and John was not their intellect and their verbal prowess, but it says in Acts 4 and 13, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, God, I love that right there. That's what people ought to say about you. Man, there's a boldness about them. There's a boldness about them. I'm not walking around afraid. I'm not walking around timid. I'm not walking around worried. I've got a boldness. My boldness is part of my identity. My boldness is part of my godliness. My boldness is part of my anointing. It says they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men and they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. What caused them to think all of that when they saw their boldness? Your boldness testifies about the God you serve. And I don't have a testimony uh, that I serve a weak God. I don't have a testimony uh, that I serve a confused God. I don't have a testimony uh, that I have an uncertain God. Uh, my God is strong. Uh, my God is mighty. Uh, and with men, uh, it's impossible. Uh, but with God, uh, all things uh, are possible. Uh, so when you see me, uh, baby, I'm going to stand out in a crowd. Uh, I don't look like the world. Uh, I don't sound like the world. Uh, I talk different. Uh, I act different. Uh, why? because the God that I serve. This world doesn't need a church that keeps bowing. Give the enemy an inch to take a mile. He'll keep pushing the limits. Why do you think, was it Shama that defended the lentil field? Why do you think he defended the lentil field? It's just a bunch of beans. He was talking about beans. Is that Sister Camila the other day? It's just beans. My God, this ain't even the important stuff, Shama. Pick and choose your battles. It's not like they're asking you to bow down at idols. It's not like they're asking you to not worship God. Shama understood something. He said, no. When the enemy comes... I'm drawing the line right here at the bean patch. At the very edge of my property line. Why? Because if I abort the bean patch, now the battle is at the watermelon patch. And if I back up from the watermelon patch, we're going to be at the corn. And if I back up from the corn, pretty soon we're going to be at the sugar cane. 
And if I don't stop there, before you know it, the enemy is going to be fighting for possession of my house. I'm not waiting for the enemy to set up idols and try to get me to worship their gods. I'm going to draw the line at the bean patch. Call me crazy if you want to, but I'm not giving one inch to the enemy. I'm sorry. I'm not. I wish I had some radical people in this building. You can give away that territory if you want to, but you better believe I'm not bending. I'm not bowing. I'm not compromising. God needs some Shadrachs, Meshach, and Abednegoes. God needs a church that knows how to stand against the pressure of society. Come on, church. It's time to wake up. We're not a social club. We're not a part of the world system. We're the church of the living God. What did you expect when you got the Holy Ghost? It's no surprise that the enemy is going to come against God's people. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I heard you're not bowing. Well, you got a choice. You understand the king was the law. You've got a choice. Either bow or else. The threat of the enemy. Being threatened is nothing new to God's people. I said being threatened is nothing new to God's people. They came before the king with honor and respect. O king, one place Daniel said, O king, live forever. I hope you get to stay in the office till you take your last breath. We understand, King. We want to be great citizens. We want to be respectful. We want to be responsible. But the moment, King, that your decrees oppose the Word of God, that's where it stops. And I love their tenacity. But I'm going to heat up the oven. You're going to burn. I said, well, king, here's the deal. Number one, our king is able to deliver us. That's got to be the first revelation you have as a child of God. My God is able to keep me from the snare of the fowler. My God is able to keep me um, from the pestilence uh, that walketh in the... He's able. God's able. Revelation number two is that he's sovereign. So, if he decides not to... This is the part I love. We already thought about the alternative consequences. God's able to deliver us, but in the event that God decides not to, in the instance that God decides not to keep me from getting sick, in the instance that God decides that I'm going to get in trouble because I chose to obey God rather than men, if not... Be it known, O king. I'm not hiding this. I'm letting it be known. We will not bow to your God nor serve the image. 
We serve one God. His name is Jehovah. And we're not bending. We're not compromising. We're not bowing. I want to be respectful. I'll do whatever I can do as long as it doesn't impede my worship. But are you crazy? Are you crazy? Some people were apostolics until the world started threatening them. I told you, I'm not just preaching to this house. Because our governor, thank God so far, hasn't said some of the crazy stuff the other ones have. And I believe our God is able to keep us. But if not... Be it known, we're not bowing. We're not bowing. We're not bending. We're not breaking. The only hope our city has is a church that won't bow. The only hope that our city has is a church that'll keep on. If we don't stand, our city is lost. There's no bastion of truth. So devil, just know you can call me crazy, but I'm not bowing. You know they're going to burn you. I'm not bowing. You know they're going to throw you in the oven. I'm not bowing. I'm not I could preach all morning long. Music come. There comes a point in time in your walk with God that your faith has to become solidified. It doesn't happen in the absence of struggle. It is not tested during times of peace and tranquility. It is tested in the fire. It's tested in the trial. It's tested in temptation. And somewhere there has to be a shift in the dimension of your faith where you never go back Peter and the disciples are out they're out there on the Sea of Galilee the Bible says that the waves and the winds begin to blow and tempestuous winds. The Bible said that they were all afraid. Somewhere in your walk with God, you are going to have to face fear. Fear is always full of the what-ifs. Now, these were not some snowbirds who were visiting the lake and rented a boat for the day. And they got out on the water and the storm came up and they didn't know what to do. These were seasoned men of the sea. Some of these men owned their own ships and boats. They had made their living out on these very waters. They knew exactly how to navigate difficult weather. And so if you're in the boat with your buddies, and y'all just, you know, you're out there just, you chartered a boat to go fish. And your buddy gets afraid of the water. Don't worry about it. But if the captain, <laughs> if the captain gets afraid 
that's a good signal to uh, have some concern. They were all afraid. And the winds were blowing. What are we going to do? What's the right move? How do we, how do, we do this? While they're holding on to the boat, the winds are blowing. The Bible says that there was an apparition that began to float across the sea. They did not recognize it as Jesus. But that apparition began to walk across the sea. And they became even more afraid. Because when you are bound in the confines of the fear of a storm, your perception of God and your presence gets messed up. The God of peace was right there in the storm with them. But fear distorted their perception. They couldn't even recognize that he was there with them. They began to cry out. He said, don't be afraid, it's just me. Okay, God, you come walking out in the water in the middle of a storm. Don't be afraid. It's I. How many times has God looked at you in the middle of your storm and said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Peter recognizes the voice. They're hunkered down in the boat. Boat's shifting, they're holding on. And Peter stands up in the midst of the boat. Jesus right here. Woo! Immediately what happens? Although I could just see the rest of those disciples. Peter, sit down, sit down, sit down. Peter, come on, come on. But something inside of Peter said, I, I can't live in the fear. I can't. I can't live in fear. And somewhere you're going to be faced with breaking free from the people around you that want to put her. No, don't. Just stay afraid with us, Peter. Uh, just stay in the boat, fearful uh, and unbelieving. Stay in the boat, uh, people. Peter, no, no, no. Uh, I can't live in fear. Uh, I can't live in fear. Lord, uh, if that's you, uh, then bid me to come. Uh, Lord, if that's you, uh, then let me come out uh, on the water. I'm preaching to somebody uh, in the building right now. Uh, just see Peter. Lord, is that, is that you? Lord, Brother Preston, what you worried about? If you were smart, you'd be backing up, not getting closer. Lord. I could just see them. Peter, you're crazy. Peter, you lost your mind. Peter, get back in the boat. Uh, that sounds familiar to some spirits uh, that have been trying to grab a hold of God's people. Uh, come on. Uh, this isn't the time, Peter, uh, to be stand. Don't you see the waves? Uh, don't you see the storm? Uh, don't you see the trouble? Uh, don't you hear the what is wrong? Uh, Peter, uh, soon uh, they just quit trying to talk to Peter and they started talking about him. Uh, Peter's crazy. Uh, Peter, just get over here. Uh, you can't help somebody uh, that's stupid. Uh, you can't help somebody that's crazy. Uh, Peter's lost his mind. Uh, call me crazy. Uh, but the Lord said, come on, Peter. Uh, step out in the water. Uh, and as long as Peter uh, kept his eyes uh, on Jesus, uh, he did not sink, uh, and the storm uh, could not bring uh, him uh, down. Uh, 
I came to preach to some people uh, in this building this morning. Uh, it's time for you uh, to stand up uh, in that boat. Uh, stand up uh, out of the middle of fear. Uh, stand up uh, in the middle of the naysayers uh, and start stepping out. Uh, come on, somebody. Uh, I will not be afraid. Uh, I will not live in fear. Uh, I will not be uh, intimidated. Uh, come on, God wants to set somebody uh, free in this building this morning. Uh, somebody wants to give, God wants to give somebody uh, a fresh touch uh, of power, uh, a fresh touch uh, of anointing, uh, a fresh touch uh, of courage uh, in this place. Uh, somebody ought to throw your hands in the air uh, and begin to talk to him right now. Uh, come on. Uh, I dare you to step out of your seat. I dare you to step out of your boat this morning. Step out of your boat. Step out of your boat. I don't care who calls me crazy. I don't care who says it's foolish. I don't care who tries to intimidate me. Call me crazy. Call me crazy. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. Somebody lift up your voice. Somebody lift up your voice.